You're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Sadly, there's no Jaina this week on the podcast, but uh, she will be back next week. I have got two guests on the show this week, which is Scott and Maria, who are a duo. So, Scott and Maria, welcome to the show. Hi, very well. Hello. So, tell me a bit about you and your music. What you've been up to? Well, well, we've been uh, we've been pretty busy under lockdown. Actually, we we I mean, like everyone, we had um, we had tons of gigs cancelled, and it you know at first it was like, oh wow, you know, yeah, first <laughs> we're just going to we were going to go up north. Yeah, we were meant to be in yeah Ed, uh, Glasgow and Liverpool and all all over. Uh, had festivals booked and we were, yeah we were a bit sort of depressed at first. Uh, but then all of the you know all the live stream um, shows came through. So we've we've actually been really busy uh, doing live streams uh, hosted by festivals that have just gone online, um, recording you know little videos, um, and we we've been in the studio release, as well. Releasing new tracks. Yeah, we managed to get into the studio. Uh, we were really lucky we got into the studio just before lockdown, so we had a track to play with <laughs> as well. Um, so good. yeah, we've actually been busy. I think that's the thing at the moment, isn't it? With, with the way kind of lockdown went and everything, everyone had to learn quickly how to adapt, <laughs> what they were going to do. Oh, it was so funny, like us, us scratching our heads and buying equipment, you know, to do the really good audio. Uh, and and the promoters the same everybody just going back to school you know tech school to learn how to set it all up so that it's uh you know a better sound better visuals all uh interactive online you know and all really synced up nicely it's been quite a surreal time hasn't it yeah yeah definitely surreal is the word (laughs) surreal is the word (laughs) yeah it's just one of them sort of things where you just kind of think it, it would never happen in our lifetime and then boom i know (laughs) <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, we were in Asia actually at the time when lockdown just about kicked in. Um, we were we went yeah straight from Asia into lockdown. It was bizarre. So was it was Asia just like a holiday or was it music related or? It was a bit. It was a bit of both. It was a holiday and a bit of connections with some uh, some some people over there that run a festival. And then you came back locked down, and then thought it would only be a couple of weeks. Then three months later, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the thing. Was that everyone was just kind of like it'll only be a couple of weeks. It'll only be it'll it'll, it'll disappear soon. And then it was like, yeah, like, this is like going nowhere. You no, know, it's like oh yeah, anything that lasts, it only ever lasts a few weeks. And then it all dies down, doesn't it? Yeah, not this. <laughs> is it, <laughs> this is like this is going nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're in Brighton, and uh, I, I it's, love it's, I love Brighton. It is lovely, but I do love where you are as well. I loved it when when I used to tour with my old my old bands up kind of near Barnsley, Sheffield, all that area. I really I really enjoyed the people. I would rather have Brighton. <laughs> we do have the beach the beach is good the beach has been a lifesaver because we haven't got a garden so the beach has been a blessing the and, beach uh, the, the beach people's personalities the quirkiness the, 
so yeah. real friendliness as well. It's quite a melting pot of like creativity yeah. and yeah. A bit I mean, I used to um, know a couple of artists down there and they used to play in a little pub called the Mucky Duck. It's, mm. it, was, it was just off a side street near where the Brighton Wheel was because if you look down the street, it looked onto the Brighton that Wheel. sounds really familiar, but I'm not sure if it's... It's, a, it it's a very small pub. It's a very, very small pub on a little side street. And it, it was just so great, the whole sort of vibe about it. Mm. And when it kind of came to close in time, it was like, I think it was like flats or something that were like just opposite it and they would just like open the window and somebody would be like blasting music out with the flat window and people would just keep on sort of partying in the street really it was that sort of <laughs> vibe about it but, <laughs> it sounds like brighton <laughs> yeah i mean the whole quirk this is what i loved about brighton you could literally get people walking down the street in the pajamas nobody really cared nobody kind yeah. of said anything <laughs> whereas like if you do right. up in sheffield everybody looks at you exactly people ride bikes <laughs> naked here that's you know that's becoming like okay. I've, I've got to be honest. I've never witnessed that. <laughs> I might have had a lucky escape. I never witnessed that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Brighton is a fantastic place. I've got fond memories of Brighton. And uh, I tell you, I mean, we we were in London before. The minute okay. we moved to Brighton, um, it really did a lot for our creativity. It it we instantly had um, we had an album. Within a few months of moving here, we'd just written, uh, how many songs was well, it? Well, we, we went into the studio. Uh, we started w when we were in London to record a four-track EP. We moved down to Brighton, and while we were recording the EP, we wrote an album's worth, so we ended up recording an album instead. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it took a bit longer to finish. but um... <laughs> it, it must be that sea air, was it? Is that what was that uh, got the creative well, flow going? The first couple of months I was down here, I was a bit lightheaded quite quite frequently, and I, th I I I'm pretty sure it was down to the fresh air. I wasn't used to having so much fresh air because <laughs> in London you don't realize until you go back, you've left London and you go back into London, how much you know how dirty the air is. You were used to pollution, is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think we do. We get acclimatized. You get acclimatized to the the, the crazy pace, like going yeah. super fast. And you get acclimatised to the yeah the pollution basically. So when you move to a place like Brighton, oh my God, it's it's it knocks you for six because it's so such fresh air. So, so what made so what made you move to Brighton? Then was that sort of music related? Well, I, yeah. I just got offered a job here like ran, randomly out of the blue. Someone called me uh, on the phone. So I uh, got a job for you down in Brighton. Do you want to go for the interview? And I was like, do you know what? That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. But prior to that call, we had been looking. We'd been looking to get out of London, and we really wanted to get closer to nature. We want because um, we just wanted to spend more time, you know, out of the city, not be surrounded by concrete jungle. Be, be yeah. able to have a balance, you know. Like most people now are coming to the realization that you know what, it's about balance in life, and it's quite important to be connected to nature because it's it's a part of us, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. But do you ever visit likes of like Eastbourne? Because that's not that far away, is it? Yeah, we don't go there. We don't go there that often, though. Yeah. No. Uh... We tend to go places like Lewis. We'll go cycling along the coastline, like down to Peacehaven, or okay, yeah. yeah. Or, um, what's the other way, Shoreham? Uh, me yeah, music-wise, we head to Portsmouth, don't we, or or London? Yeah. Or maybe Horsham. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't. We haven't really got into the music scene in Eastbourne yet. 
Not yet. No. Yeah, I think I think but... Brighton's the better of the two for the music scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think Eastbourne would agree. Although Eastbourne has really, <laughs> it's got a really beautiful seafront. I do like. That's it my has. favorite. Of the sea of uh, Eastbourne is the seafront. It's really nice. It has, it has got a, a good seafront. I always think as well when I was in Brighton and Eastbourne, how in summer it always feels hotter down there than it does up here. They always seem to get really good weather down there. Oh, yeah. It's getting like more and more every year. It's just becoming more Mediterranean, and especially if you go, because um, it because we get our own different little climate here because of the South Downs, but. If you go as far as Hastings, it feels like the Riviera. Some 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 days in the summer, it feels like you're in France. You're not that far from France, are you really? I think that's why. <laughs> I think that's why we're pretty close. And I mean, it's just getting hotter. The whole country's getting hotter and hotter. We've got vineyards now. You know that, right? Down here. Vineyards? Have you? Yeah, there's wine companies. People grow. We've got more wine growers now. All wow. sorts of things that we didn't grow before because of the climate. But because of the climate change yeah can't complain then can you really if you've got vineyards as well <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sweet down here it I, did, I, did, I did quite like um, beachy head as well i know it gets a bit of a bad press as beachy head but it's <laughs> yeah. actually quite a nice area you know it's like walking along the tops it's that, beautiful that's yeah the white cliffs all, are, all of those oh, cliffs they're, they're just stunning. amazing stunning there used to be a nice little pub at the top of beachy head i do oh, like yeah. sovereign harbour as well sovereign harbour is a really nice place which is oh, like is that? Eastbourne. I'll have to check it out. It's, it's got, it had really nice, it had a real nice fish and chip shop there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was like a big, it was like a um, brand new apartment block. I'll forget that. You write that down. It was like brand new apartment blocks that had been built on the, on the uh, harbour. And there's loads of nice boats. And there's, oh, that's quite a nice place. I like it. But that's the thing. See, if you mention Brighton, Eastbourne, East Sussex, I can talk about it for ages. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> fact, I get quite distracted when it comes to that. So, just tell us a bit more about your album then that you. Oh, the first one. Well, it was <laughs> it was funny timing actually because we it was yeah it's called it's called Bright Star. Uh, released that in um, 2017. But we the day the day that we went into the recording studio, I think was the same. It was the same day. It was a day after uh, David Bowie died. So okay. Um, yeah, it was. It, it felt like it felt. A, it had a bit of an impact on. It felt. I don't know. We felt a connection with him towards the end. That those last days. Um, yeah. And his his at his record release was called Black Star, and uh, it felt like his message was a message of a dying star, like the death of a star. Um, which yeah, when a star dies, it loses its it loses the bright light, doesn't it? It goes darker. It yeah. goes over time. It goes. It turns like a deep blue. It goes dark. And um, for us, it was like. Well, it was based on us living in Brighton. We we wanted we wanted to put Brighton in there because it because Brighton had given us so many of the songs. So it's like it's it's bright without the on <laughs> bright star. <laughs> so that's what it gave like us the it. name anyway. Like yeah. it. Um, but it really felt it was it was it felt like a real sign for us because we never planned to do that album it felt like a real sign of like you know as old stars at, at the time Bowie went there were loads of other people going as well we were like wow there's all these like you know people that were like just iconic or loads, loads of legends dying and all these icons and and here we are like working on Bright Star and it felt like you know kind of a symbol of you know a lot of the older generation are kind of moving on 
and it's time for the new ones to kind of take you know have a go have a go at being um at being those kind of leaders in the in, in independent music which you need to be because you're constantly got you know you got the machine going um you know those kind of artists were always pioneering and not not always uh, bending to the rules or what corporations and companies wanted them to do so found the way you know it's like a sign you know yeah like, don't give up basically carry on you know shine your light do your thing and uh and follow follow your dreams really and be a bright star <laughs> so so how do you kind of sort your songwriting then what's the process for that because being obviously a, a duo how does that work it's uh, it's it's really it's different for every song I think. Yeah. We don't really have a formula. Like um, some sometimes I mean we 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 tend to co-write most of the songs, but you know some sometimes it will just be me. Uh, sometimes it will be you know sometimes we're driving along in the car and we're singing and coming up with lyrics together. Sometimes it's me I come up with a riff. Sometimes it's the lyrics first. Sometimes it's Maria's idea. Um, I think probably the best songs or the most successful or our favourite songs are the ones that are a collaboration, aren't they? The more the more we work together on a song, I think we feel like we're happier with the output. Mm. Maybe I'm not, maybe that's the closest thing we got to a formula. But I mean, some of them come to me in the middle of the night. I had one the other night. Mm. I had a dream, and I'm like, I went. I woke up and there was a song playing in my head and I was like, I had to it write it down. 3.30am, but I've got to get up and sing this. So I ran to the bathroom, sung it into my phone, trying to write the words down. I've had the same uh, where I've gone to lay my head down and then boom, this tune comes out of nowhere. I've got to, I've got to get it down. Or we've been like, especially if we go on like a holiday, if we go away and we're like when we went to the Highlands in Scotland and we spent some time in nature and you're kind of away from all the distractions and all the, all the electronic gear and everything and you're just you're just free and you're not wired um we tend to get a lot of tunes coming through a lot of inspired tunes like um uh, this land that came out that that just came like a hole in one sometimes we get what we call a download where a tune just comes with the with the tune and with with the melody and the lyrics and they all kind of just they come together you know it's not a process of writing a verse and then coming back to it on another day looking at the chorus um so yeah sometimes we get these downloads where a tune just comes up like a hole in one and then other times you know there's a little there's a little ditty on the guitar we're like oh yeah that's really nice I like that let's do something with that or or a nice little you know riff or, or yeah um, so it it's quite a common thing it's quite a common thing you I hear quite a lot about to say that Music and songs ideas seem to come to them at the oddest of moments. Yeah. Mm, mm. But mainly, I think it's in that magical place, which most artists will know what I'm talking about. Is that it's that place where you're not in your head. It you're not attached, and you're 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 at your most relaxed. I think. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Do you find it easy to kind of say to each other that if you don't like one person's ideas? Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like say, yeah, the, the feedback can be quite brutal, but um, <laughs> it's it's good, you know. It saves a lot of time in the long run. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It would be like, oh yeah, I like that, but that bit, that's crap. <laughs> Let's do, yeah, yeah, drop that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Stick with that. Okay. I think because we, I mean, we we've been together as a couple for ten years, so I guess we're we're used to 
we're used to giving each other uh, feedback. So in a, in that sense, or really constructive helps. criticism. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's the thing, though, isn't it? So if you're if you're a couple outside of music as well, then you probably can be more honest with each other. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to your music. But if you've ever been in a in any you know if you get in if you've ever been in a band or a duo, um, it's the same with musicians. With every band I've been in, it you become like like you know family or like brothers and sisters or like a couple. Yeah, and it gets like that. You get really because it's a, it, the place where music comes from is such a passionate place. It really comes from a very emotive place, you know. Um, so. People are quite passionate, so after you know, after after a few gigs, when you've shared that electricity and that connection, when you when you play out live and when you play uh, intimate songs together, you, you're not worried about who thinks what about who. You just you're straight up about what. I think the thing as well, it's best to be honest quickly, isn't it? Because there's no point spending so much time writing the song, arranging the song, recording the song, and then go actually. I don't like your idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because, ah, oh, that's the other thing. You've hit the nail on the head there. Being an artist uh, is a real, I mean, if you don't absolutely love it, you know, you shouldn't be doing it because it does, you pay to play, you know. It's it's costly and it, it costs a lot to keep you, you know, that's keep up with the gear. Keep up with the gear, the cost of promotions, you name it. The bills, you know, they can be steep. Absolutely. I mean, even to record an, uh, an album, an EP, or, you know, even a single, you, you can still be spending a lot of good money to get yeah. a good quality finished product. Yeah. Do you have your own studio then, or do you hire a studio when you record, or how does that work for you? No, we always we always hire hire someone to do it for us. I mean, we've, we've had... We've had pretty limited success doing it ourselves. We? <laughs> I think there's just enough. There's enough jobs to do as an independent musician. It's like you got to pick some things that you don't do, um, and recording is one of them. Unless it's really basic. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're, we're very lucky. No. We've had some great people. But um, Brighton's got per capita so many recording studios compared yeah. to other places. Oh yeah, loads. Um, um, but we're. I mean, we're. We're enjoying working at the moment a lot with um, Audio Beach Studios in Brighton. I've heard quite a few people say that they've worked with them and really enjoyed the experience and get some good music out of that. Oh, yeah. It's... Oh, it's the pace, like uh, very pro setup, very fast, very experienced. And, um, yeah, the the end output is just of really high quality and, and really gets your sound. It doesn't you know because sometimes sounds you know depending on who you work with it can be um yeah you might not find the right sound for what you're trying to put out but um yeah so far so good we've had some good successes with the the release the recent releases i think also as well it's, it's kind of sometimes difficult isn't it to find a really good studio that knows exactly what they're doing because so easy to open a studio and buy the equipment but you've got to know what you're doing with it i think it's a, i think it's experiences as well you know it's just yeah. to do with life experience we, we've been very lucky though. i feel like everyone everyone we've worked with we've had a it's, it's been the right person it's been the right place for that time you know um so we've We've worked with quite a few really great um, yeah, recorders and producers. Yeah, it's kind of matched where we're at mm. at different stages because each producer you work with, they always push you. They tend to push you on your skill set, 
where you're at as an artist, where you are in your recording technique, and you develop with every producer you work with, you naturally develop and they help you to become more pro, basically. You always learn something. You're absolutely right. It's, it's so important to go in there with an open mind and, you know, learn whatever they've got to teach you as well. Because, I mean, yeah, it's like anything in life, isn't it? It's easy when you're watching the person on the outside saying, oh, yeah, you need to change this, uh, do a bit of this, change that, do a bit of that, add this. It's always great giving advice to others. You know, it's, it's easier than, than yeah. seeing yourself, you know, being able to see or hear what it is you need to uh, do. When you've written a song, do you then kind of both go into the studio at the same time to record your parts, or do you kind of go in separately? And um, yeah, we, I mean, we'll both. Yeah, we'll always both be in the studio uh, together. We don't. We very rarely go in separately, do we? Because um, we also kind of keep each other in check. The other one kind of looks out for the other one, making sure that the best takes are yeah, coming out. Again. Like, again. no 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 you can do better than that because <laughs> you can't always tell when you're in the booth and you're recording you can't always sometimes you yeah. can hear it, but sometimes you may miss something and you need somebody on the outside who knows you and knows what you're or the other way around like no stop stop take, stop doing takes like you're not gonna do you're not gonna do take 25 yeah. Yeah. like it's fine as it is you've done your, yeah you, <laughs> you you've hit it you don't need to do anymore yeah. So, yeah. stop torturing yourself <laughs> Scott, Scott sounds like you've um, speaking from a lot of experience here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just that the last we we were in there last week, and I did. I think I I got through about. It was one line. It was one line of the song. I just couldn't. I just could not get it right. I, it, every time I sung it, I'd hear it back. It's like no, it doesn't sound right. But I, I think I don't know how many it was. It might have been twelve, thirteen, fourteen <laughs> takes of just one line of vocals. <laughs> I think also as well, like, you know, when you're in the studio and you, you're doing that one line, you're going to try to get it perfect. And then at some point you kind of feel like you're losing the plot and you're sick of that one line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't listen to that song anymore. I just have to, like, skip over that bit. I think. It really is a different process to live. Live is a whole different thing and you've got such a surge of energy. Um, you know, from adrenaline and from audience kind of interaction. Um studio is just all about the intricacies and it's about those that one take you know because you you'll play thousands of gigs and you'll do so many versions of that one song you know every time you play it it's always going to be slightly different but when you're doing a recording it's about capturing that one take that you don't mind that you'll be happy to hear as it is every time the same again and again, you know, you can't change it. How do you think things will change in regards to obviously people being more aware with coronavirus and you guys and how you perform and what sort of things are you kind of thinking you're going to have to start doing for the live gigs to get them to kind of work? I mean, I think for starters, I think the, um, the live stream thing is here to stay because it is, is a, as an independent artist like us, it, it doesn't really make financial sense for us to, um, get in the car and drive to, I don't know, Portsmouth, or if, you know, if we're going to play to someone in Sheffield, you know, it might cost us a lot of money to get there. We might not actually make any money or might not be able to break even just from the petrol, never mind the, the time. If we can do that from our front room and reach people, More people. not, not <laughs> just in Sheffield, but in you know, <clears throat> Australia or America or, you know, Brazil or wherever, um, it's, actually, it's actually a great opportunity for, doing music cheaply 
and getting to a wider audience. So I think I think there's going to be more, certainly more live streaming. I think I think we might we've, see less live music. We've discovered that we've enjoyed doing the live streaming. It's still trying to perfect the sound a bit. Try, you know, we did up the the sound system setup. We got a bit of gear so we could get a bit of a crisper sound. But we tend to f we we found that we're we have access to global audience online. You know, we were having yeah. sudden, you know, fans joining us on the regular basis, like from America or or Asia. And it's just like, oh, well, well, this is this is more rewarding in some ways, because sometimes you'll turn up at gigs and venues. And a lot of the times you're going blindfolded. You get booked for things and you. You, you know you deal with all sorts of characters and 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 venues that aren't always very friendly or or you know or, or welcoming or they're empty or <laughs> you know there's not been no promotion because it's a bit of a gray area when it comes to promotion it's a gray area and a lot of places tend to expect the artists to do most of the heavy duty promotion um and when promoters do promote you know it, it just depends it really depends and you're always going in taking as an artist you're always taking a risk you know I think I think you're right live streaming that is you know it's here to stay I think you know you see quite a few artists that are now going down that sort of route because they can promote it themselves they have full control over it and the people that tend to tune into it are people that genuinely want to hear the music you hit the nail on the head there as well that's what we also discovered it's like it's been really rewarding to play to an audience that are actually tuning in to listen to live music um sometimes you turn up at a venue and you're you will have to switch up our set depending on the audience if they're allowed uh, audience which are talking and chatting we tend to do a much louder yeah. set <laughs> it well, tends to affect our a set lot of, a lot of people treat live music like it's just incidental or, or like it's a cd playing in the background you know it's like yeah, yeah. there's a band over there they're doing something yeah but i'm i'm focused on my good it's, time for the night you know? it's been <laughs> it's been quite heavily devalued i mean that's that's kind of how a lot of artists feel they feel i think a lot of artists are a little bit kind of um yeah, a bit disappointed in just in general at the general treatment, you know, and and, every, and there was a campaign and a lot of artists reminding people, you know, remember during Corona what kept you going, remember the artists, you know, remember, yeah. you, you know, what what kept you, you know, whether it's, you know, a series, a comedy. It's basically Spotify, musician. Netflix and iPlayers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've attended many gigs where, you know, people that tend to go tend to be there anyway. Yeah. It's like just like a normal night out. They just have a few drinks. They hear a bit of music, but they're not paying really attention to it. Whereas mm -hmm. live streaming is more focused. There was a female artist that was doing live streaming um, and she was selling tickets to it. And then obviously once people then had paid for a ticket, she'd then send them the link to actually be able to join yeah. the uh, screen. So there is ways that artists can monetize doing live streams. And we're kind of seeing more and more of that. And it's yeah. kind of interesting now because I think it's going to be really exciting to see how independent artists really is going to start taking full control now of even sort of their performances. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice for us because... Um... I think what we're going to do that we where I think we're going is that we can we now feel like we can choose the live events because it is really nice to still play out live in the, in the real mm -hmm. with an audience but yeah, we can really be true. and really engage but we can be 
we can choose what we want to play rather than feeling like we have to play every every live opportunity we 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 can now that we can do online broadcasting and at a much better level we can pick and choose what we do in the real in the in person yeah i think you're in a great position now i think also with i think i always look back when you look at sort of live gigging um sort of 2000s maybe maybe around sort of year 2000 it was quite interesting because a lot of the um, music promoters and things like that, it was very much sort of the artists that they invite to play would then have to try and bring X amount of people with them, sell X amount of tickets. Yeah. But I think it's it's kind of an old hat way of doing things and didn't really get the great results that either A, the music promoter wanted or the band wanted. And I think now that you've got sort of live streaming thrown into the mix and the artists can take more control of it, I think we're kind of seeing them take the control of the live streaming and that's now moving across into um, live performance in venues. Well, what you're seeing is also an increase in independent quality artists coming through because, I mean, this country has so much talent. There's so much. I mean, just in Brighton alone, we're, we've, we've, we've become fans of a lot of artists that we love personally. And, you know, it's, it's going to give... It's giving opportunity to for people to hear the, the full range of quality of music that's out there that isn't backed by big money, you know, because it tends to be big money that, like like everything in life at the moment, because we live in the capitalist time that we live in, is that big money equals quality, you know, oh, you're backed by big money, therefore you must be good, therefore you must be a great artist, or therefore you must be, you know, you know, you must be right. We live in this mentality, you know, but the reality is that there's so much quality and it shouldn't be based on, you know, kind of the backing of, of, of yeah, big money. So it's, it's that independence, you know, that's kind of starting to come through the online. And you get more creativity that way as well. You, yeah. you, you see bands doing utterly bonkers things that, you know, a, re- a record label probably just wouldn't allow them to do. They'd be like, that won't work. No one's going to buy that. Yeah. And <laughs> but, we're not investing yeah. in it. Yeah. But, you know, they can prove people wrong, you know. You, you see independent bands doing really nuts things, but it works. And it's just so refreshing to, to see, you know, genuine uniqueness and creativity and that's what art's about that's what artistry is about it's about expression of the soul expression of the individual and the and expression of freedom it's not it's not always have you know it doesn't have to be put into a pocket and under a label it should be free you know mm-hmm. art should be free it shouldn't be labeled and oh people shouldn't feel like oh god i don't fit in a label therefore I'm not good enough or I, or I I don't have the right to put this out. Do you know what I mean? I think you're absolutely right. I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? We're, we're very good at kind of giving everybody labels, everything boxes, and you kind of might need to break away from that. That's what our last song was about. You just, you just read out one of the lyrics, I think, almost <laughs> word for word. <laughs> I knew it came from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your favourite song that you've written so far? either individually or collectively that's a great (laughs) question i think there's a song there's a song called this land i think we're Mm. really we're really pleased with that one because it was partly because of the way we wrote it that it was a it was complete synergy in the in the songwriting in that we were you know each each line like i might i wrote one line maria writes another 
and and it it was really inspired by again, yeah because uh, we we went we went for a trip in Scotland with with my parents actually uh, to the Highlands and it's just it's just that feeling of yeah it's a feeling of that love for for that really raw Scottish Highland and mixed mixed in with the with the South Downs in in Sussex the the kind of English rolling hills mixed in with the rugged Scottish mountains and. I think we're just, we're really happy with the way we're really happy lyrically. It's just it, it felt quite poetic. Like if you just it, it it would work as a poem, not just a song, which is not always the case with certainly the lyrics I write. <laughs> and and it did really well as well, didn't it? It's, we 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 did a live. We we recorded it. We recorded us playing it live on the Sussex Downs, like in yeah. a field, basically um, on the down. on the on the South Downs in Sussex, the hills, um, and. And it did, it it did well. It did better than any of the other videos we've done before or since. Mm. So I would say that one. Do you agree, Maria, or do you have your own that you like? Or... Uh, for me, I mean, it tends to be whatever's new. <laughs> right. So there'll be things that we've just written. Like I'm really excited about, like a handful of songs that we've not put out yet. Like I'm so over the moon um, because by the time tunes are released. Um, We've played them so much yeah. and I've moved on. <laughs> it's always this delayed process, you know, it's just like when people discover an artist and think, oh my God, this tune's like, yeah, for the artists, like, you know, they're like, oh, play that tune. And for the artists, it's like, well, you know, I kind of wrote this like 10 years ago, but <laughs> hearing it now, but for me, it just, it's an, I, I was another person. It's another lifetime, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a different moment in time because everything you put out as an artist, every song is a moment in, in your life. You know, it's a moment where, which was poignant, you know, and it represents that moment in time. And I mean, this land is a bit of a timeless song for us and also never give up, which are tracks from the, both of them are from the never lost EP, which came out in, when was it? January? Last year. Oh, last year. August or September? August 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, that's what lockdown time. does to you, isn't it? it? Makes you lose track of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a backlog of tunes that we need to get out there. We've got loads of tunes we need to get out. So, so how it's... many songs have you written all together? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe... <laughs> I, don't give me a maths question, we've please. Recorded, <laughs> we've recorded about... Uh, we've recorded 27 I think and released uh, and we've probably got more than that so we, we must have written I mean actually completed songs probably about 60 if if you count all the little snippets that exist on a computer of things that could be a song do, if we could be yeah. bothered or around to it, it's hundreds <laughs> but so, some of them are just like you know a riff or or yeah the completed songs probably about 60 it's funny because some of these little things that we've recorded like like say for example seven years ago and we rediscover it and it's like and then it comes you know the rest of the song comes and you think oh wow it was waiting for this moment it wasn't ready but now it's ready yeah. we get a lot of that as well okay so do you tend to find that you can find snippets of song that you've done before that you can kind of go actually that would be perfect this time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it like happen. it's it's weird it's like it's like they were they were i don't know it's like a like um yeah like time travel going on a bit of time travel or like a diamond you know it's just not ready yet yeah it's not ready to turn into a diamond yet it's like you gotta wait it's like a wine isn't it everything's always better if 
with time. Yeah, it's true. Just let it brew. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Uh, scottmariamusic.com is our website. And if you go to that, you can normally find all the icons for any other platform. You know, people have different platforms that they prefer, like Instagram or Spotify, um, Facebook, you name it. All the links are on there. Big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week. Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week. (laughs) 